show, we'll fill it. Yeah, it's like we'll still fun. sick. We'll, we'll talk about that in fall. Will we? Yeah. It's almost done. Yeah. I don't what, think you what is that? Okay, I have. A, I love. Okay, this is the show. This, this, this is the show. I love my segue. It's great, but there's some things I really, really don't like about is it. it. Is that is that proprietary eponym segue, or is it literally a segue branded segue? Well, the the company that bought Segway is called Ninebot, mm-hmm. but they still have the Segway line, and it's you know we, they, they should have bought it and they should have changed the spelling to be like the word. Oh, <laughs> that would be subtle. I love my Sejui. 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 Um, one of the things Calvin I, Klein. I <laughs> Sejui by Calvin Klein. Yeah, right. Red flag. I um, I like it a lot. It's got it's pretty fast. It's a hoverboard, right? It's not like the one that Joe brides when yeah, he's no, Mr. Yeah. Banana Grabber. It's yeah, a hoverboard, yeah. but it um it makes these. When I got this one a few years ago, it's it's you know it's got a lot of miles on it. Uh, I love it, but it has noises that you can't turn off. Well, it's a self destruct sequence. Oh, just like IG Eleven. Yeah, no, or like uh, I'm thinking of the the ship and alien. Oh sure, <clears throat> I got I got a new IG Eleven figure. I like a lot. It's got good points of articulation, and. One of the things I hate is you can't turn the sounds off. And, and like, why would that matter? Well, like that, what you just ex- experienced, which is when it's powering itself off, if you just leave it in its upright Segway state, it'll just stand there for a while. And then it'll go quank, 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 quank. And then eventually it'll go quonk and turn itself off and then fall over. Because guess what? You can't even put an aftermarket kickstand on this piece of crap. Mm. But it also makes noises like that if it's, you're going too fast. If, it's, if it doesn't have the, the right you know, torque to get you up a hill, it'll start honking. Which sounds like I'm honking at people when I'm really like the most polite person on the sidewalk. And then like if you hit a bump and it didn't like the bump, it goes cronk. It does all these cute, like... Yeah, this seems, seems unnecessary. There's no, like, setting to say, please well, do not Well, I've thought, I mean, and here's the other, here's the one that really kills me, though. This thing was, I don't know, it was under, I think it was under 500 bucks, but, you know, I, I've, it's, doesn't owe me a nickel, as my mom used to say. Like, it's been good to me, but one of the things that sucks is that the battery, this is very old school in some ways. You know, you guys were talking the other day about how you get your battery to only go to 80% and stay there. Mm-hmm. Um, when you charge it, you charge it all the way up. I asked Howie about this on, I was asking on Slack about this a few months ago. When it powers all the way up and you start riding on it, it almost always goes into honk honk mode because it's over, it's, you're, you're the engineer, not me, but like it powers up and it, it has more power than it needs, I guess. And it gets confused. And for the first like mile you ride it after it's fully charged, it goes honk honk a lot because it's like overcharged. <laughs> And so I try to I try to charge it all the way and then mm-hmm. like leave it. It's I I oh there oh they just made the other noise. It just went pew and went down. Sounds like a very annoying piece of livestock. Yeah, I mean it is kind of like a mule in some ways. I I love it so much and it's so instrumental to how I get around. But uh, I have thought about looking looking into other options because mm. I don't want to ride an eighty pound bike just to go to the ATM. I'm not a monster. Mm-hmm. Anyways, um, that's what I would change about my Sejui. Sejui. Hello, John. You sound like you're still... Well, how do we open? We, we should... Uh, well, it's your story, but right after we finished recording, two weeks ago, 13 days ago, 
you said, oh, yeah, and I had a COVID test, so I'm sick, but it's not COVID. Yeah, I did have a COVID and test. And then the that very was, uh, next we... morning, you texted me. Yeah. So that was, that you was sent Tuesday, me a photo. Mm-hmm. Tuesday, February 21st. I had had a negative COVID test that day. I'd had a negative COVID test the day before. I just had cold and sniffle symptoms. And you've never, nobody in your house has had, right? Has, oh, wait, did your wife have it once? Or you guys, uh, no. have you guys been totally uh, my clear? Son, my son has had it once. Okay. Was it while he was at school? school? Oh, high school. Yeah, but anyway, the, the very next morning, so I, I recorded Rectifs with a cold. I said it was about a 50% strength that I had a negative COVID test that day. The next morning, my COVID test was positive. And Ugh, so there you go. I yeah. won the COVID lottery. Lucky me. I the, you were the last control. one standing uh, at 18. Yeah, well, I mean, still, uh, my wife still never had it. My daughter still never had it as far as we know. Well, yeah, and you covered this. Uh, well, it was fun, but you covered it well. By, <laughs> you camped out in your room all by yourself and you mm-hmm. turned off the, the 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 touch sensor on the Apple TV and there was a lot of confusion. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of FaceTime calls within the house for uh, tech support and other needs. Yeah, that's amazing. We still we still haven't gotten it here and I I mean, we have never tested positive for it here, let me mm-hmm. put it that way. And I don't understand it at all. It helps that my kid l- likes wearing a mask. Like, yeah, I mean my kids my kids mask stopped wearing 15? masks to school a while ago like more than you. So my kids are going off unmasked, hanging out with a bunch of other kids. Oh, my my kid puts it on before he walks out the front door. Yeah. So, which I think that might be what saves us that. And my wife's, I was about to say erratic, but that's the wrong word for it. She has um, two days, two or three days in person at the office. And I bet that's helpful because mm-hmm. there's other people then going in two or three days. Yeah. It's that classic. You guys talk about this all the time The you start with this pie and then you get down to like, you're talking about this with regard to, a really good discussion you guys had about uh, Mac Studio versus mm-hmm, yeah. uh, Mac Desktop Macs versus laptops. Yeah, and... you start out with this pie, and then your very first slice, it's already thin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, it, but that really, it's all, mm, it, by the time you're done, you have a very, very thin slice. And that's yeah. exposure also. I don't know. Yeah. So anyway, that that Wednesday, I recorded ATP that Wednesday with COVID. You did. You got to record You're a soldier, man. Yeah. Um, and then did you do it from uh, your little room or did you have them go away? And no, you went down? I just, it's like a, I, I'm, I'm in my podcasting room right now. And I just said that on that Wednesday and that Tuesday, I was just in here polluting the room with my COVID germs. Uh, and then you just, you know, wait till hopefully they all air out by the time, you know, the next day comes along. Do you ultimately blame Lex? Yeah. I mean, I can, I guess. Did you get a flu shot? Uh, I did. Hmm. Cause I don't think that protects you from COVID. No, it doesn't. Oh, you and used then, to think that. so let's see what, what's the timeline here. This, that was Wednesday. Uh, and then by the time the next Wednesday rolled around, that was March 1st, uh, a week later, I was testing negative for the first time. So I did that ATP. That's like COVID five, negative. Five, five, and I was five, six days ago. That was, that was March 1st. Yeah. But you still, you sound, I mean, nothing against you, but you do still sound stuffy. Well, you know, I mean, I had been testing, you know, leading up to, uh, testing positive test whenever I got a cold. Cause you never know. Right. Like then we got all these tests. We got to use them. So let's do it. So, oh, we also, I mean, like we're still in the habit of like testing on Sunday night and stuff. Like we, yeah, I mean, we still do that. Like, I don't know. We're cocks. So we really don't well, want I mean, to be it's, sick. It's, it's worthwhile when you, especially if you have cold symptoms. Somebody's right. got to so, do it. Yeah. Yeah. So Wednesday I was negative. Then a Thursday I tested again and I was negative. And you know, it was, it was like, a, you got to test, you got to have like two negative tests in a row before like it, you know, oh, or the true meaning of double elimination yeah um but then on, th- on uh, that was thursday march 2nd on friday i was feeling crappy so i took another test and guess what positive again john syracuse what i got the rebound wait how many negative tests did you have after your positive i had two test? negative tests in a row in, in sorry I'm, I'm this is insane in what period of time you had two negative tests 
on March Wednesday, March 1st, I was negative. On Thursday, March 2nd, I was negative. On Friday, March 3rd, positive again. As I sit John. here now, I am super duper positive. Going oh on. Oh my God. Day 12 of COVID with a two day break in between. And during that two days, I was out of my room. Because you, cause you be, thought you'd, you'd hit yeah, the bar. Yeah, two, two, two days of negative tests in a row. Everything's fine. I got the rebound. Okay. Oh, is this like what uh, Mr. Fauci had? You had the... Oh, is this, yeah. from your, is this from your Paxlovid or whatever? So there's some debate about that. Uh, people with Paxlovid do get rebound, but so do people who don't take anything. Sure. Uh, and is the question of whether uh, Paxlovid uh, is... Uh, you have an increased chance of rebound with Paxlovid, or is it just that people were looking for it Paxlovid? Because you wouldn't not have the antibodies it? fast enough. I mean, it takes like two weeks for the antibodies to yeah. build up, right? So anyway, you, you, people are still studying this. Okay. There's recent studies saying that uh, the Paxlovid may not give you any higher chance of rebound than taking nothing. Um, but uh, Paxlovid definitely, uh, there's like a... And it's not a big percentage. It's like, you know, 5 to 10% or whatever. You get a rebound. But anyway, I got it. Lucky, lucky me. So now how I'm going through round How do you feel? And how do you feel about how you feel? I, I mean... You must be frustrated. In, in terms That's of symptoms, be frustrating. I, like the first round of symptoms was worse. The reason I started taking the Paxlovid is because I was getting worse. And I'm like, uh, can you, you, can know, you share uh, what those symptoms were? They weren't bad. Like I was lucky. It was mostly just fever, headache, uh, runny nose. Did you have a sore right. throat? Did not have a sore throat okay. uh, and didn't have any other symptoms. But did, Le- did Lex have a sore throat? Yes, he certainly did. Okay. Um, hmm. So it's, there's a chance he gave it to you guys. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but like. But having a, 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 fe- a fever that is like three days long and getting worse, I was like, okay, I'm taking the Paxlovid. And right. I'm glad I did, and I would take it again. Absolutely, uh, yeah. Round two, the round two symptoms, it's just basically been runny nose, really mild fever maybe, but you hear what I sound like. I'm runny, I'm stuffy, still no sore throat. Uh, but the worst part of it is I've been trapped in my room now <laughs> for, you mm-hmm. know, for, for 12 days with a two-day break, and it's super What? Okay, so none of my business, but also you're dealing with your fireplace. I love your drawing in the mm-hmm. uh, chapter art. What, um, so are, where are you, uh, as I say on Sunny, wh- where are you posted up? You say your room. What is your room? I'm what, in what my bedroom. It? And where is, if I could ask, where does your lady wife sleep? She is in the finished room in the basement. The finished room? Mm-hmm. Is that fr- the freezer's still in the garage, though, right? It is. Okay. Huh. Although I have to turn off the Synology every night so she can sleep. <laughs> she can't stand the noise. You just run in quiet mode? <laughs> no, apparently not. Really? I've got ours in quiet mode in the lounge, and it's not that quiet. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. So I just shut it down every night. Right. Oh, so you're still... Oh, and you... But the point... God, the point where you realized, I'm going to have to go back in the room, aren't I? It must have sucked. Well, yeah, no, everyone in my house hates me now. I mean, they hated me when I first got infected because I'm not no longer available to do my normal dadly duties, which, you know, right. driving people to places. Which, making... which, let's just say, because this is our rare opportunity to say it, there's so much stuff. I used to say in, in a former life, in former jobs, I used to describe what I do to people to understand. Like, I always think it's interesting to talk about what is it that makes your job difficult? Like, what are the things that are tenaciously difficult about your job that are part of your job like the things you can't life hack your way out of and i said well one problem is that in some ways i'm like the internet janitor where like nobody notices what i do unless the toilets clog up and then everybody's mad and the Mm -hmm. second i'm not around and the toilets clog up because i wasn't around they're mad at me also and that's the nature of the job right and that's kind of what you're talking about here. You were yeah, trying, when you did that thing with the touch surface on the Apple TV, you were doing yeah. to vex someone. I tried it. I couldn't make it 30 minutes without going back. Yeah. 
uh, I mean, there's little things like that, but there's also big things like I usually cook dinner and do the food shopping and, you know, stuff like that that I'm just not available to do anymore. So, of course, my wife resents me for having to make dinner. <laughs> Did she every... say that? Uh, no, but she, she didn't need does. to. <laughs> um, yeah. And so uh, the first the first weekend after I got it, like uh, I got it, I tested positive on that Wednesday. Uh, and then like that weekend, my son was coming home for a long weekend. Mm-hmm. Couldn't see him because I had COVID. So I'm trapped in my room and he's home for a long weekend. Oh, so that's child. no fun. Right. Oh, you poor kid. All right. And now this week he's on winter break. Still can't see him. You got screwed twice. Yep. Double, double. Right. And then my daughter hates my gut so much. She like was yelling at me and kicking at the door because she's like you're gonna infect me you're ruining my life oh my god really because it's my fault that like you know you like i was sitting the the day the second day i tested a negative i was watching tv with them in the living room because uh-huh. i'm like hey two days negative i'm fine yeah. and every time i would like cough or sneeze she'd be like yo get away from me you're gonna infect me i'm like look i got a negative test this morning negative test yesterday i'm fine and then i tested positive the next day she's like see i told you you were still positive <sighs> you're trying to infect me you're ruining John, my life i understand but that is a little bit it's a little bit irrational in my opinion no. she's a teenage girl she's a teenager yeah yeah uh and so yeah we should, so we should I, swap uh, we should swap for a little while because mine is you would get along with my kid well just disappears into the room looks at tiktok and then comes out when we watch two successions it's it's an unbelievable relationship at this yeah. point yeah so so i'm in my room and <sighs> and they hate the fact that i don't come out of my room but my daughter hates it if i ever appear out of my room i do have to go to the bathroom sometimes which she resents <laughs> right she doesn't want me to ever take a shower. Right, so I go days without showers because no one oh wants my, me to use the bathroom. But, but like, I understand why you're capitulating to a teenager's irrationality. But, I mean, you are you are beyond damned if, damned if you do, damned if you don't. Like, you, yeah. you're not going to please her. It's not, and I'm not happy about it either. Like, I'm not having no, a great I time mean, in that obviously, room. Obviously, yeah. Especially for the, the for the first few days when I had the really bad fever. But now, even now, it's yeah, like. Yeah, I was really I'm enjoying my, this, but now you made me feel bad. A mild fever, a headache. I don't get to spend time with with my family. It's uh, it's upsetting. I'm I'm really legit. So sorry that. Yeah, it's, it's and, and the reason the reason we're recording this is uh Monday, March sixth. We're recording this. Normally we record on Tuesdays. We yeah. I moved this to Monday because because you saw originally on Tuesday I had plans to go out with my wife, like people. Yeah, but that's not going to happen now. Obviously, so we're still recording today because who, who cares? Doesn't matter. Like yeah, you know, just keep the date. Uh, but yeah, I mean. So uh, we had uh, theater tickets. My, my son will probably take my tickets. So. What are you going? What were they going to see? I think uh, Hamilton. That's a good. That's a good show. Yeah. Again. <laughs> yeah. I've seen a lot of Hamilton in this house. Not that I'm complaining. It's a good show. Yeah. Um, and of course, I wasn't really looking forward to going out because I'm the one who never wants to go anywhere because I'm afraid I'm going to get COVID. Well, this but is, this is now. the injustice <laughs> in all of this, John. <laughs> said, to, 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 to speak in the vernacular of a teen, that's not fair. It's not fair to anybody. No, no it's not. It's not fair. I, the only. The only like. The bright spots slash other uh, additional frustration is the two days I was out, my two days I was negative. Uh, while I had COVID, all of my new sound system stuff that I talked about in ATP mm-hmm. had arrived, like new speakers for my television home theater. <laughs> they were all in boxes and then I was <laughs> negative. You, you already had your fan installed in your... Uh... All new speakers and stuff, right? And they were in boxes, and I'm negative two days in a row. Part of your prep was you got a Blu-ray and changed the fan in it, didn't you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're yeah, already, I mean, yeah. And, and I will talk about this, but anyway, during those when I was negative for that, that second day, I came out and I set up all my speakers, like I reran the wires, I crawled around, did all the stuff, and then I was positive again, had to go back in. So I haven't even had time to <sighs> calibrate it. I haven't finished setting things up. And yeah, you, you have to just... get behind the 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 shelves. 
It's really hard I to get, have to get behind there. I was behind there. I was crawling around and running new wire. It was like that, that was my little respite because I, you know, I'm watching I, my COVID project was sitting in my room watching YouTube videos and reading things on the Internet about what speakers I should buy. And so I researched it and then I ordered the speakers and then they arrived and then I was COVID negative and then I set up the speakers as much as I could and then I got COVID again. So it's frustrating. Or got, it's the same. I didn't get it again. Like it's the same. It's it's rebound. I got the rebound. No, I think you could say you got it again. I don't think so. I think that's well, I mean, it's re- reflected in your signs. It was, symptoms, it, was, but. it was still in, it was inside me, just waiting to have a comeback. And so here it is. <laughs> Come, it's coming so, from it's, inside the virus. It's so annoying. Like, I mean, I'm lucky. I should count myself. I'm lucky. Do not have any particularly bad symptoms. Like, it's all just in my nose, and it's not like I said. Don't even have a sore throat. It's just right. stuffy nose and fever and headaches. But to have a stuffy stuffy nose fever and headache that just doesn't go away it's so weird right it's just like normally yeah, you, when you have a cold they're used to the pattern of getting worse and then getting less worse and then maybe eventually getting better and at least this sinus you know is that thing where your nostrils switch every 90 minutes something where yeah. like you get some relief here but like the yeah fact or that there's like a pattern to it over the course there. of days you could chart it as like getting worse 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 getting better better, better. and covid mm-hmm. is like for me it's just been like you just have these symptoms forever now they're never going to get better they're never going to get worse this is just your life now and oh and by the way you can't leave your room i feel incredible i always forget which is which sympathy empathy i feel bad for you and i feel bad on your behalf and so it pains me to ask you this question but i feel like i should ask you the question um how concerned are you about long covid Nah, I don't have I don't have time to worry about long COVID now. I honestly don't. Well, you can't I'm, do much I'm, about it, right? I'm, I'm worried about short COVID. I want to leave my room sometime in my life. What if you stop being a super taster? I don't. I mean, I didn't have that symptom either. I, I still taste everything fine. Like I don't. I don't have. I, I'm. It's really, a funny really lucky world where when I smell something gross, I'm grateful because mm-hmm. I, I think to myself, well, if I smell that, like there's there's that means something's still working oh, did i tell you about the, the i don't know if i tell you, the paxlovid so one of the side effects of paxlovid is like a metallic taste in your mouth all right yeah uh, that's basically the only side effect that i had that's wrong yeah, i think you mentioned it on atp not yeah, here right mm-hmm. um and and i got that right and it's it's not a great taste but it's like well whatever it's nothing compared to the colonoscopy prep stuff Mm-mm. um but and someone someone wrote uh i think i mentioned this on ATP as well someone someone emailed me to talk about the taste and like they were like yeah i had the taste too but the other thing I noticed is that despite the weird taste in your mouth, uh, when you're on Paxlovid, food tastes amazing. What? That's what this person said. That like it supercharged their ability. Like every all food tasted amazing when they were. Is on this Paxlovid. like a Reddit thing? <laughs> no, someone just emailed me about it. Oh, uh, and I had to respond, and I said I did have the metallic taste, and I can't say I had the amazing taste. I mean, like food tasted fine. It didn't yeah. like the metallic taste. Surprisingly, didn't interfere with the food. Food tasted just like it normally does. But I can't say that. And I do wonder if like. If like, does Paxlovid make you a temporary super taster? And I'm just you know, used to it because I'm always like that. I don't know. Well, an analog for me would be something like marijuana or does, like an does that extreme... make food taste better. Well, it does make you hungry. There's a mm-hmm. thing called the munchies. But mm-hmm. also, yeah, I mean, there's certain there's a reason people crave certain kinds of food when they're high, which I mean, I can't give this to you in receptors and synapses, mm-hmm. but it's especially like savory or sweet foods can be like, you're like, Oh my God, this is the most amazing Alfredo I've ever had in my life or whatever. That's, that's pretty common. Whereas like on something like MDMA, which I guess everybody now calls Molly, you, um, I mean, there's all the things where you like want to hug people and touch their hair and you love everybody. And man, food is the, it's not the food tastes bad. It's just, you have absolutely no interest in food Mm. because you're full of math in some ways. You're full of like, you know, Fancy yeah. math. 
Now, I, I mean, this is just one person I heard this from the Pax Low, but uh, the, the metallic thing. Keep an eye out. You never thing. know. But, you might uh, get it a third time. You might get yeah. the uh, in hockey. I think they call it a hat trick. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe there'll be there'll be an uh, uh, what is it? The off label uh, use of Pax Lovit as a steak taste better pill. A steak taste better pill, and it's kind of like the thing with uh, with the uh, with uh, you know if you know well you don't watch TV, but like in ads for uh, what's the stuff they put in your face? What's the Nicole Kidman stuff? Botox. Yeah, like Botox is for migraines. I think that's the number one on label mm-hmm. use. But yeah, now they they mar- it's marketed. I don't know if this is legal or whatever, but they market it separately. Like there's now like a, a, a they call it I think um, cosmetic but bo- bo- cosmetic Botox versus mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, similar. Yeah. And I think that happens with a lot of stuff like diabetes drugs and stuff where you like one of the side effects because of what it's doing is you do end up eating less. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Off-label rules. Oh, man. My my shrink loves off-label. This episode of Reconcilable Differences is brought to you by Burrow. You can learn more about Burrow right now by visiting burrow.com slash RD, listen, I have to beg you to be honest with yourself. When was the last time that you enjoyed some rest and relaxation outside? And, you know, look, the, the weather is going to be nice soon enough. I, I've checked on the internet. It says it's going to be nice soon. So those days, uh, you know, of, of being outside after a long day at work, you know, in your home office, uh, it's right around the corner, you know. Our friends at Burrow are bringing their expertise from the living room, and they're taking it outdoors with their new outdoor collection Burroughs Outdoor Collection is built for everyday use and to withstand the elements. With a strong chip-resistant galvanized steel frame and easy-to-clean fabric, plus the modern, sleek look and quick-drying plush foam cushions, uh, they bring the comfort and style of indoors outside. Isn't that nice? And because Burrow knows everyone has their own style and that people want things to be just how they like them, you can choose from 19 different configurations. That's wild. You can purchase individual pieces or bundles that fit your seating needs, so it's just right for you. Now, the thing about me is I have a burrow couch, but it's an inside couch because I'm an inside person, you know, not in terms of connections, but in terms of energy and enthusiasm. It's very focused indoors and, and on me. Um, but if I went outside and I had a place to put things like this, I would put this outside. See, I have a family member who has something called an outdoor room, which, which I learned about when someone who's related to me got something called an outdoor room. And, and they have amazing furniture. They have a grill. Their outdoor room is, is nicer than any home I've ever lived in. And I, I, I think they could really do well with some of the burrow. I'm not going to give them my couch because that's my inside couch. And I don't want to get a new, new one yet. I still like the old one from Burrow. Uh, you got to get, get their stuff. The, the Burrow, they do a great job. Their stuff is designed to be super easy to assemble and store too. This is absolutely true. Uh, they have easy to remove cushions that make for easy storage when you need to put your stuff away. And as ever, you're going to get free shipping on every order. You can save up to $100 on large items like outdoor furniture. And right now, Reconcilable Differences listeners can get 10% off their first order by going to burrow.com slash RD. That's burrow.com slash RD. B-U-R-R-O-W dot com slash RD. It's going to get you 10% off. Our thanks to Burrow for supporting Reconcilable Differences and all of Relay FM. We should probably talk about that. I'm sorry, John. I think we're going to have a little bit more of uh, of John's health in a minute and some follow-up on that. But I want to say hello and welcome to Reconcilable Differences. Um, this is a show that John and I uh, re- record and uh, then pass on to you every couple weeks. And if you enjoy the show, and I do hope you enjoy the show, you could choose to support what we're doing by going to relay.fm slash rd slash join. And 
you get stuff. You get a you get a feed of this program without advertising in it, and you also get um, bonus stuff. I don't say content. You get bonus stuff, and this happens to be one of the weeks where we're doing bonus stuff. John, what do we have on? <laughs> I want to hear you say these words. What do we have on the uh, on the on the docket for our after show this week? Well, this week's after show, the current plan is to talk about what I like to call artsy fartsy video games because Merlin has played slash played by proxy uh mm-hmm. two of my favorite artsy fartsy video games uh and we've we've touched on them a little bit in past episodes if we're going to talk about them uh, more yeah i mean I've, I've played <laughs> you get ready for your millennium actress expression mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i've played some of all three of the games I you think should play were... all of Edith finch well now that you've seen it played through, i don't know how to get off the ledge john i know well so you, you have help anyway we'll talk about it in the after show I would like, how would you feel about living in a house like that? I, I feel like I'd be super into it. I don't know if I'd like the writing on the walls that, that match the narration, but I would love to be able to move a book and turn a switch and then like, yeah. you know, be in a bakery or whatever. If you ever think you're living in a house like that, maybe, uh, as they say on Westworld, question the nature of your reality. Oh, that's good. And then he crushes out a cigarette and he yells at God in Latin. Arr! All right, that's what we're going to do. But first, uh, it sounds like we have a little more follow up. Yes, this is some follow-up from my father. Uh, we were talking about uh, anesthesia and stuff related to my recent colonoscopy, and I got a lot of follow-up on that, and I had mentioned the story about my dad uh, refusing Novocaine for his uh, cavities because he was afraid of needles more than he was afraid of the pain of drilling. He texted me to... He listened, quote, wait, so had he heard about it, or does he listen to the show? He listens to the show. Hello, Mr. Syracuse. Or my, actually, I think my mom listens to the show and then relays to him. It's you know what it's like. What should what should, how should I dress your mother? Mrs. Syracuse is just fine. Is that okay? Is that sexist? No, that's I understand you can that say, she's you very can say progressive. Ms. If you would like, um, Mama Syracuse. No, um, no, <laughs> absolutely not. <laughs> you know, you know that character in Godfather. She doesn't have a name. Which one? The mother. Mama. She's just called Mama. Yeah, I don't think she has a name. Mama Syracuse. Um, thank you for listening to the program and for sharing this with your husband of many years. I like your son more than I let on, but there are ways that you really should be helping him work with other people. Uh-huh. It's not too late. It's not too late. I know you care. I know you're a progressive person. You're, 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 uh, may, may not be much of a cook, but I know you try to eat well. And I think really your son could use some direction at this point. You know, if this were the middle ages, people would say you got sick because of your sin. Yeah. Uh- you may be shocked to learn that in the uh, Merlin versus John equation, my mother is on my side. <laughs> on all the things? She is my mother after all. Just do, do I have anybody? I mean, you've got Todd. You have your own mother. <laughs> she, I don't think she listens. To, I really, oh, there's so many conversations we haven't had with mom. Um, but uh, I hope not. Hi, mom. Uh, but uh, is, there, do you, is there anybody who gives you pushback and, and kind of agrees with me sometimes in your life? Agrees with you? Those are two different things. <laughs> Giving me pushback, yes. Agrees with you? Would you rather have somebody else here? I kind of feel like, you know what I am? I'm the Washington Generals. I'm the team that comes out and plays the Harlem Globetrotters, and they're all really good players, and they try really hard, but then Metalark Lemon brings out a ladder. Ugh, they're using a ladder! Just because they don't agree with you doesn't mean you're wrong, Merlin. I know. <laughs> it's her life story. <laughs> really? I mean... I've thought a lot about a lot of things. I've given a lot of thought to a lot of things. If you think you've seen all the things that I've given a lot of thought to, buddy, Mm -hmm. pack a lunch. Because I have a lot of thoughts about a lot of things. I've thought them through. Mm -hmm. Let me finish my my dad's follow-up here. Oh, sorry. Um, Oh, hello, Mr. Syracuse. 
So he's correcting the record. Okay. He says, <laughs> I'm not a chicken. I feel I kind of feel the need to read his text message as he writes them just because it's you such told a him you shouldn't do that. Did you get his permission to do that? No, I didn't, but he'll survive. OK, um, just because it's so oh, this, John, is this the exception that proves the rule? Do you, do you remember when we read those articles about like uh, uh, boomers be texting like this? You know, those articles. Oh, that... of course. And you got to like you, you can't use a period and you, you got to use emoji, but you got to use the correct emoji. Yeah. So uh, writing is not my dad's strong suit. That was my mom's thing. Um, OK. So just leave that here. Uh, autocorrect is saving him a lot because he can't spell uh, an attribute. He's, he's really coming off great in this so far. Yeah, it, it's interesting. My my father can't spell and my sister can't spell. So that's that side of the of the gene pool. And then me and my mother can both write and spell. So that's, I, I got those. Genes. It's kind of your version, your family's version of having a pony. Yeah, no, it's totally. Yeah, that anyway. can't spell. Sister can't spell. Yeah. So yeah. So speaking of speaking of uh, mi- missing uh, missing country? articles and stuff. Um, this is the first message. Okay. Uh, capital N period at the end. All correct punctuation. Need to correct the record. Not really a sentence, but okay, whatever. Sounds like my landlord. That's yeah. how he texts me. I parentheses mom two close parentheses never got Novocaine as a child. Followed by, I got sorry. I got to count this. One, two, three, four. All right. So. Followed by two ellipses because, but he, he wrote three periods and they were turned into ellipses by autocorrect because he has no idea how to write an ellipses, right? So it's one, uh, two, three, option, four, option five, semicolon. six. Yeah, I know, but he's on a phone. One, two, three, <laughs> four, five, six, seven, eight. All right. I parentheses mom two. Never got Novocaine as a child, followed by eight periods, no spaces. Then, then a lowercase p, probably to save money, exclamation points. So let me read that. Let me read that quote unquote <laughs> sentence read that again. Read back to me. I, parentheses, mom too, never got Novocaine as a child, dot, 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 probably to save money. As an adult, I always get it, exclamation point, capital A. This is like how Mike, sorry, I mean, I said, mm. this is so, like how, how Mike Hurley has claimed the blue heart. Mm-hmm. I think your dad has established that he's the period guy. But you know that old people do that, right? They, they oh, write, I know, they super write, periods. They don't, they don't end sentences. They just, just do a bunch of dots. Like, what is that? Where does that come from? Well, because like, are you yeah, trying, okay, I mean, like, are you, is he trying to do something, I'm not trying to sound fancy, but something slightly poetic, where you have a plan for what happens after the impression of an ellipsis, where it's going to be, you're trying to give somebody the sense of time passing that you stop speaking, and then right, but, you, you but drop like you the just, bomb and you say, I have spoken. But you can just, like, end a sentence and start a new sentence. Like, <laughs> sentences exist. They're a thing. You can't just write a something and then put a bunch of periods. And basic building blocks of our language. And, and they and they do it, like, uh, multiple times in a row. They'll just write something, dot, 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 dot. Write something, dot, 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 dot. Write something, dot, 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 dot. Like, sentences. Anyway. Could you, when next time you have an opportunity, when you don't have COVID anymore and, and you get enough negative tests, you have an opportunity to visit with your family, mm-hmm. I would love for you to, you don't have to screenshot it or anything, but if you could share what conversations with your dad and his friends is like because they might be worse they might be way weirder and he is actually like the grammarian in the group he's not a big texter anyway but uh so anyway i just want to say probably that this, probably for money is the takeaway as they say yeah this this retelling does not match what i recall being told as a child he would well, constantly it sounds like tell there's us been a problem he, with memory john that he didn't get novocaine because he was uh, he wouldn't say he was afraid of the shot <laughs> my mother would chime in and say you didn't get it because you're afraid of the shot I didn't remember just being confined to his childhood. Him blaming his I love, parents I love saying relationships like this. Him blaming his parents saying basically they wouldn't let me get painkillers because they cost too much money. Right? That 
fine, everyone blames their parents or whatever, but I recall him refusing it even into adulthood and telling us he refused it to show how tough he was. Implication being at that point, he had his own money. Yeah, exactly. So, but anyway, that's, there's two competing stories here, and I've, obviously my memory is not perfect, right? Mm -hmm. But so many things that are like foundational memories, my parents now, because my parents are super old now, that now they tell me that that never happened or they don't remember. It's it's like, it's the thing you do with me, but way worse, because as we'll talk about hopefully in a minute, I have a a question about memory and like being friends with you and doing this program with you has made me, I think you sharpened me somewhat like a knife to not trust my first impression of whether my memory worked for something. But then what if you go further than that go and like, but now their memory is have not, 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 not that they have dementia or God forbid, but that like, Oh no, they're changing the story now. So what is the story? Well, I mean, do, do, I mean, what, what I mean is as a family, this used to be a story, mm-hmm. like our, a story about our kids saying, I want a, a little, but I, I want some butter. And I say, you can have a little. And then mm-hmm. Billy says, I want a little and a lot. Mm-hmm. That's a funny story. But if the kids come back to me and say that that wasn't butter, that was actually malt liquor. Or that never happened. Or, or I that never, never said happened. That. Yeah. yeah. That's not that's not cricket, John. Yeah. So, uh, like This reminds me of the episode of the Heavyweight Podcast, where I believe it was a Cordry, one of the Cordries. The Broken Arm. Yeah. Oh, was that a broken? I thought it was Rob, a leg. Rob had, the, there was a misremembering in Rob Cordry's family where his mom, his dad, Nate, and maybe his sister all disagreed that Rob had had a broken arm over a summer one year. It's a very good episode. Yeah. And so, and that's exactly and, and the, the story thing. that they share is completely at odds with Rob's and has, it's almost like when Roman finds out, I'm so into succession right now, but there's a wonderful scene when they go to that, that weird party for Tom's bachelor party. Mm-hmm. You seen this show, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and Roman's like making fun of his brothers, making fun of Connor and, or being, you know, saying to Connor and, Kendall, oh, you guys used to put me in a dog cage. And mm-hmm. then Connor, in this like weird moment of clarity, despite having what they now call Molly, says, uh, no, you, you were really into that, Roman. Like, you liked being in the dog cage. Mm-hmm. He's like, but you, you fed me dog food. And Connor says, it was cake. You liked eating chocolate cake and, and acting like a dog. And then Kendall's <laughs> like, oh, yeah, well, you, you, you really wanted us to put you in the kennel. It's like that kind of moment where you're like, wait a minute, this is so foundationally disruptive to my story. I, there's no way for me to integrate this change in story into who I am. Yeah, and I, I'm going to ruin this episode of Heavyweight, which is really old, and who knows if you can even get it because of the way podcasting Oof, works and whoever brought episode. Gimlet or whatever the hell. Um, but, so anyway, the, the, the Cordry kid, was it Rob or Nate? Rob was the main, Rob was the sort of focus and question asker, and I think it was that he had mentioned to his family one time something in passing, like like you would say, oh, remember the thing with butter with a little and a lot, mm-hmm. where he basically said to his family, remember that's, I broke my arm right as summer started, and my mm-hmm. arm was in a cast, and he has stories about this. He remembers everything about his arm being, and they're all like, yeah, and then what, his are own you, what are you says, talking you, about? Yeah, you, you never, never had a broken arm. arm. Yeah, you, what are you talking about? You never, his own mother says that, right? Yeah. And mothers everywhere listening to that podcast is saying, these kids, they don't remember anything. They make up stuff. It's all in their heads. They're kids. I, they make I, up I'm these fantasies. Mom. I would remember a broken Yeah, they, they think they were a dog in a cage and really they were feeding cake. And, you know, it's like mm-hmm. they, the kids don't remember. How would the mother not remember that her son broke his arm? Uh, the uh, the uh, conclusion of the episode is they tracked hmm. it all down. He did break his arm and his mother forgot. You know why? Because when you're a mom and you're old, eventually it all blends together. But he also forgot that he had done something that hurt Nate. Remember, wasn't there, wasn't part of the twist that he didn't realize that he didn't break Nate's arm, but something happened where he like had, had, they were playing and he injured Nate really bad. 
I vaguely remember that. But it's, I mean, this is, and this is why I think tonight's topic is a good topic, which is like, memory is a fragile thing to begin with, but also it, you realize how perilous that is when you start to count all the moments in your life where there's some dispute about the reality of what happened. We're not talking about the 2020 election. We're not talking about, we're talking about like stuff that everybody in the family was party to and it becomes... <laughs> But Homer, you loved Rashomon. Mm -hmm. That's not how I remember it. I mean, that's that's mm -hmm. how you start to feel after a while. And when you can't trust your memory, a lot of other things start to fall down a little bit. You start getting a lot of self-doubt, first of all, obviously, about whether you're copus, you know, but also the shared story of a family starts to get weird if the people who are the subject of the story say that never happened. Yeah, and that's why I feel like, I mean, not that everyone should have a podcast, only we should, obviously. Mm -hmm. uh, but externalizing memory, whether it's in a podcast or in writing in a journal or like taking photos even, is important um, because not that necessarily that what you would say on a podcast or write in a journal is necessarily true. <laughs> but if you say it as close to the event as possible, it's more likely that your memory will be fresh. And if things do fade or get weird, at least you have something to refer back to kind of a shared reality. Look, here's the photo of me with the cast and, on my arm. And like arm. when you're together at the holidays, there's a kind of, you know, the way everybody kind of pitches into the conversation or makes a correction mm -hmm. or adds. And this is one of the memory phenomena that I learned about this week is that if if you provide some, if somebody's having trouble remembering something and they get a cue about something physical, in the example on Wikipedia, uh, oh, you don't remember that weekend we were at Fire Island. Do you remember the dune buggy we rode in? And you go, oh, right, mm -hmm. the dune buggy. And then we got hot dogs that night. And you're like, okay, well, suddenly you remember this. It's un dumb to say this, but it's unlocked something that you didn't have immediate access to before with, with that queuing. But like, was the hot dog even real? Yeah, I mean, that, that's the problem over time. Memories fade. And in the retelling every holiday of telling the story, the story also mutates, right? I mean, my parents told the stories about our childhood that I'm sure slowly mutated in her mind and then in our minds. And it's a game of telephone. We get it. But like major events like did or did or did not your son break their arm is the type of thing that mm -hmm. seems like it should be verifiable and also seems like some, something that sh there shouldn't be debate about because it's a fairly significant event. But I understand, like I sometimes I was thinking of recently of like, how many times you've been to the ER with the kids and which kids and for what? And, uh, and, like, and, honestly, and what order it happened in and what yeah. you couldn't do as a result. All those kinds of like rat kings of memory. And I, like I was trying to because I, I know a couple of trips that we've been to the ER with the kids. But I'm like, but is that all of them? Or I, am I forgetting some of the times I took my toddlers to, to the ER? Or you also then you get into stuff like, oh, my gosh, I guess there was more time between those two events than I realized. Mm -hmm. Is one that I often scotches a lot of good stories. Or, you know, you become like, you know, John Mulaney's father, the attorney, and you, you do something to go like, well, there's no way you could have been at Woodstock because, you know, you had Boy State that month or whatever. You know what I mean? Those kinds of things yeah, where here's you're a like, picture of you holding uh, today's paper on, on, a, on the day that Woodstock was taking place and you're in California or whatever. <laughs> yes. There's, there's a story that, so, you know, I don't know if you know this about me, but we, I have bits. And um, it, well, we've all got bits, Merlin. Yeah, bits are bits, according to Alex. I still don't know what that means. But um, there's, a fun, there's a funny bit because, you know, in the last couple of years, we've gotten real into the uh, uh, Danny McBride cinematic universe and like love righteous gemstones and all that kind of stuff. And the running bit, I don't do this more than once a week or, you know, it would lose its dad joke humor. But, you know, um, Danny will appear on screen and I'll say, uh, Billy, did I ever tell you the story about the time... Uh, uh, Danny McBride came into my hotel room at South by Southwest. Of course, he keeps staring at the phone, not the screen, and goes, because uh, he's most playing on the phone, goes, um, 
No, no, no. I don't think I've ever heard that story. Tell me about the time that you met Danny McBride at your hotel room. So this was the thing that happened. And this will be, a, this, hopefully this will be a segue. It, well, unless you got more, do you have more follow-up? No, no, that's it. Okay. Make me sound smart there, Jim. And so I finally did a thing in the, fa- in the, in the final days of Twitter being good. I finally called in the people, because there were parts about this story that I were spotty. And I was admittedly drunk when this was happening. Um, it did involve a party with a lot of my dearest friends in Austin. And so I'd been drinking a lot, as you do. And so I called out particularly to John Gruber, his wife, Amy Jane, Scott Simpson, people who I'm pretty sure, and then like Albert, a friend Albert was there. Like there are all these people when I was like, hey, can anybody help me remember exactly what happened the night Danny McBride came to a party in my hotel room? And it was like, I realized my story was like all, all wrapping, no presents. It was true. Every single bit of it was true, but it was wrong. Like, well, for example, here, the, I, party, I the party was not, do you remember this? The party was I, not I in our room. I remember seeing this exchange on Twitter because I follow all of the same people, right? And here was my thought when it was going down. My thought was that you, Merlin, were putting way too much stock in other people's probably also faulty recollection. Oh, I because did you wrong. had your recollection. And they came again. in and they said, no, it was really X and Y and Z. And I'm like, I don't believe them any more than I believe Merlin. No, we just, it's, it's, it's Rashomon all over. We have too many different versions of the story. And there's no reason. I didn't, like, I didn't find them any more reliable than you. It was just people with different recollections. And so I left it going, you know, Gruber, I don't know what Gruber's is a degenerate gambler and a drunk. Mm-hmm. Amy's a lawyer. Yeah, but does she really care about no. this as much? No. And they and they all do a lot. What happened is very similar yeah. to many. They spent many nights in many hotel but rooms. I told that with, story so many times, not to be a star effer, but just because mm-hmm. it was such a funny story. It was so funny. It was a small group of people. The part that I feel like I really do remember, the indelible part of it was we realized, I think Jesse Char was there. We're all being a little loud. And we weren't having a party, but, you know, we were hanging out in our in one of somebody's hotel room. And there's a knock on the door. And Scott was kind of, as usual, was kind of the, the, the dad, the grown-up that night, Scott Simpson. And we're all like, oh, shit. That's going to be the hotel, like security, like telling us mm-hmm. like we have to leave or something that, you know. God, we're going to be those people who get thrown out of the Marriott during South by Southwest for being too loud. And like, we're in our 40s. Ugh. But they opened the door and there were two people there. And I kind of recognized one of the two people. And Simpson, in his really delightful way he actually is in real life, he's really very, very joyful and smart. And he goes, oh my God, foot fist way. And because the guy from foot fist way was there. And then I'm going, oh, that's that guy. I, this might've been, even been like before the HBO shows. This was, this is, might've been before Tropic Thunder. This is a while back. And he was standing there and he, and he said something like, you guys got any beer in here? Or something like that. That's the part I remember. And that did happen. I don't know if it happened in my hotel room. I just, that's the part I really remember. But there is something, and you're, you're making a really good point, which is everybody's memory is a little bit fragmented, a little bit fragile. Uh, uh, some of these things I learned about prepping for this this week, like there's just, there's a name for a lot of the stuff that I do. <laughs> and I imagine some of the stuff you do. Did you, find it, did you find it in a book? I had a question for you, if you'd allow it. Do you have anything else to add for uh, the Danny McBride anecdote? No. Um, my memory is weird. And as a consequence of that, especially now, I find it more and more difficult to know what I know, to remember what I remember. Like, I, I have to put, for years, I mean, this is kind of a basis for 43 folders, right? whole basis is, like, 
if you've got that little pile of index cards and something occurs to you, write it down. You don't have to do anything about it now, but then you just process it later. Little things like that. You know, all kinds of little things that came to be erroneously called life hacks by people like me. But, you know, little simple tricks to cue yourself or to like, you know. The, the, the titular 43 folders, for folks who don't know, is actually 43 manila folders. It's a system that was used in schools and businesses and places for years. You get 12 folders for months of the year, and then you get 31 folders for days of the month. And to cut a long story short, the idea is if you've got a physical thing you need to do on a certain day in the future, you know what folder that goes in. If this is a greeting card that you have to send in May, that goes in the folder called May. And then when you get to, when you start May 1st, you open it and see all the May things that need to be done. I mean, it's not elegant, but there's something just brutally honest about realizing you need something like that. Wait, I might have zoned out there for a second. Why 43 then? Uh, it's, it's 30, I think it's 31 plus 12. So like today, today as we record, this is March. If you have one for each month, it'd be 12. Well, here's, here's the idea. So you start out like, so like right now, the very first fold, the frontmost folder would just say the number six on it. Oh, so you have the, the current month, uh, the, the, you take the next that 30 folder days. and then you move it to the next month. All right. Yeah. No. Um, so that's the kind of thing that like, I realized a long time ago that, there's nothing particularly gangster about like acting like your memory is better than it is. I love that help, but it is really, there's something that is difficult and requires adjustment. And I think it's probably age and other things. I think I'm still mostly copious, but there are times where I just, I just space out on the weirdest things. And I wanted to talk about an example of something that I do often. That is one of the, to me, one of the most interesting and mysterious things that I do. And I'd like it to be an entree into a candid honest and vulnerable real discussion not just tearing me a new one i want to hear where you're because you talk about your bad memory i would like us to talk about memory what can be difficult about memory and uh some examples of how we deal with that and i have an anecdote to begin but i've been talking a lot and i apologize go ahead i'm I'm one of the stuffy cold over here so it's it's okay footprints right Uh here's the thing that happens um and I'm going to stop trying to defend myself because I don't think I have anything to defend. But the truth is, a lot of my day-to-day life is conducted in a text file called today.taskpaper. And to cut a long story short, if you've never used task paper, it's a very simple, obviously, text-based format. Everything in it, every line means something. A line with nothing at the beginning of it is a note. A line that ends with a colon is a project. An item that starts with a dash is a, a task or a to-do or however you think of it in your system. And that's how I run my life. So for example, like yesterday, I knew I had to go to the office. I had to swap out and get some new movies <clears throat> on my media drive. My this little is Samsung. The, the final act of Goodfellas. Oh, you're saying I need my hat. Yeah. You know, I had to, to drop off the, the gun parts. With I'm what's stirring his name. it. Yeah, okay, go ahead. <laughs> you hated, hated my brother for being in a wheelchair. I know I had stuff to do. And so what do I do? I'm going to task paper. I even have this so much of the stuff that I do that I have sections. I have one section called home to office or house to office because uh, home, home is different from house and office is different from work. From house to physical location, house to office, I've got to take the media drive there. When I'm there, I've got to put movies on it. And then office to house is all stuff I need to bring home when I'm at the office. I know this is boring. That's the, that's the point. I need this. So that way, 
and this is this is again very apropos of like a million things for me. Like this is forty three filter stuff. This is wisdom document stuff. The time you're least likely to think about toilet paper is when you're at the grocery store. So like, how do you <clears throat> how do you accept that, integrate that, and then provide some kind of an infrastructure for making sure you remember toilet paper at the right time? And that's why, for one, it's one of the numerous reasons I love getting things done. The book. Um, so I got a list of things. Like let's. So mainly this mainly this trip is I need to go. I needed something for my bike. I needed to to put media on a drive and swap it out. And uh, most importantly, I needed to get, I have some ice here at the office to, to bring home. That was mainly it. Our ice machine's kind of on the fritz, surprisingly. Right? And so I write everything down. But sometimes I know there's something I didn't write down, or I know there's something that isn't on the list. And I'm more like, okay, fine. Don't let perfect be the enemy of good. Just go do what you got to do, right? I can't just deliberate and plan this all day. Just go get your, get your damn eyes. Are you with me so far? hmm So I arrive at the office. And of course, because my task paper file is synced, it's on my phone, it's in all the places, I can go, oh, here's the things I need to do. Do the things with media. Do the things with, with, uh, for my bike. Do the thing with ice. And then there is a feeling that an unshakable feeling that I've come to be aware of and to try and learn from. And this is where the question kind of begins. Have you ever, it's kind of like tip of the tongue phenomenon, right? So tip of the tongue phenomenon, you somewhere in your filing system, in your brain, in your mind, like, you know, you know, this piece of information, you might even know that it starts with a T, whatever that is and that kind of stuff. I have a similar thing with something that I need to do. And the funny, this happens before I leave the house, like at least twice a week. In this case, it happened when I was at the office and I, I f- can feel this feeling that has become so familiar to me that it's, it really just feels like a part of me. And here's that feeling. There's another thing you're supposed to do. You're not done yet. Like there's something you're supposed to drop off. You didn't write it down. Do you ever get that, f- A, do you ever get that feeling of like, here's my array or what do you call it? Your queue, your stack. Here's like these five things that need to be done. But given where I am right now, I'm really not in planning mode. I'm in execution mode. And I'm doing stuff. I'm power puttering. And then suddenly I go, like, I, I have learned to identify that as much as my brain says, you're probably farting out, another part of my brain kicks in and goes, no, no, no. There's, another, there's at least one more thing you're forgetting. Maybe you forgot to bring your helmet when you're going to ride your bike. Maybe you forgot to charge the battery. But there's something. You don't know what it is, but you do know with certainty that there's something you forgot. Do you ever get this? So this is, for me, surprisingly, it's related to the thing we've talked about where when I go on vacation, I could just forget all about my job back when I had a jobby job. You, right? you're, like, very, you're very good at getting into vacation mode. Like, yeah, like, a, you know, back when I had a jobby job. You, I, I think you've described it as like, it's like your job doesn't exist when you're on vacation. Yeah, it's like, like for the example, it was like uh, most of my jobs, there was some kind of code you had to enter and like a, a keypad, a numeric keypad to get into the building, to get into your section of the office, right? Um and uh, even if you had a key card, you'd have to use your key card and then also type in a code. And I would forget that code by the time I came back from vacation. That's how much uh, I would, uh, you know, and it's kind of like. That is, that is so laudable. It's, it's kind of like a, my brain just has a, an incredibly efficient dump valve. And I would go on vacation and I would just open the dump valve and everything about my job would just fall out. I, th- right? I think it's kind of like, I don't know if I'm using this term in a way that will satisfy you, but it's, it's kind of like you don't even realize that there's this cache that is being kept alive. There's this cache of information that you don't even think about whether it's being remembered 
because it's in this cache where you're reusing it often enough. And at some point over that week, that cache got cleared. Well, no, I, it's like a dump valve that I would manually trigger and I would just mm. dump it. I know, I know it's there. I see it there. I open the dump valve and it disappears. And the reason that's related <laughs> is because, so for the, the type of like, what do I have to do today type of thing? Yeah. My, my current habit is if there's anything that I need to do, particularly things that my wife will mention to me, uh, you know, I just put in a load of laundry, uh, but I'm going to be gone by the time it needs to be changed. Can you change it? Or if I put in a load of laundry, even doing it myself, I'm doing laundry today. I go down, I put something in the washing machine. When I put something in the washing machine, I immediately take out my phone, say, remind me to change the laundry in, in 52 minutes or whatever. That is long, absolutely is. one of my superpowers. Right? And when people don't do that, it drives me insane. All right, but, here, but here's the key. I, I say, remind me to take out laundry in whatever minutes. I put the phone in my pocket and then I open the dump valve and opening the dump valve removes the existence of laundry from my brain 100%. So much so. That's that actually I, in some ways that is astonishingly healthy and something to be admired. If, if I get distracted in that moment yeah. and don't record it or if Siri flakes out and doesn't record it or something you're, like you're, that. But or if the it, important part is your brain or whatever, your personality is not stressing out because it knows you forgot something. Well, yeah, well, because, because I've just in the dump valve. The problem with the dump valve is if that reminder didn't work or if it's set for like, you know, you know, PM instead of AM or some weird thing, I'll, I'll, I'll go the whole day into the next day until my wife comes and says, how long has this load of wet laundry been in here? And I'll be like, what are you talking about wet laundry? I didn't do any laundry because <laughs> the dump valve because I dumped valve. it out. And the reason I dump it is because I do not burn like my habit is I refuse to use any of my precious memory to remember stuff like that. So I have to have a system, which is reminders. I have reminders for everything, for literally but, everything. But when it's also I'm like, just, just to chime in, it's also that, like I, like I used to say in the 43 folders days, I would rec just recommend from my own experience, try not to use your mind as either a whiteboard or an alarm clock. Unless because, you're young, because it works when you're young. But <laughs> developing, but I'm, and I'm, I'm not about yeah. to like try and preach to the young, but developing that habit earlier. Yeah, you won't be young forever. <laughs> That that is for sure, but like, but you know what I'm saying? Like to me, like that's I totally agree with you. And that state of you're in a state of I know this is also used in Scientology. I apologize for that. What David Allen will call clear, in that like you've gotten all the stuff off your mind. It's just that whatever that system, such as it is, is. I don't know if it's a bad thing. It's mainly an operational thing. You would need to change. Yeah, and and if but I you don't find get what I'm talking about, you don't like you don't uh, you don't have what I'm talking about. Yeah, well, well, it's that. But the reason I uh, the reason I don't have it is because I'm never relying on remembering something. Like, th th there's another class of things that I'm not going to forget. Like, hey, guess what? You've got a colonoscopy coming in six months. Don't worry, I'm not going to forget about that. I'm going to be dreading that for six months, right? That's easy to not forget. There's this third category, which is long term projects, which I have on a, like a more long term list. Mm -hmm. And surprisingly, the dump valve is sneaky, and occasionally it will dump valve something on the permanent list. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, for example, I've uh, wanted to have people in like, is that, the house. That could be like some... something you wanted to fix. Yeah. Like we're, I'm, we're trying to do. Uh, I'm going to take another run at doing painting. I failed that last summer. I'm going to take another run at getting people to do uh, painting this summer. Oh, right? boy. Oh, boy. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Um, uh. Everybody loves contractors. Um, <laughs> story. Wait, your story about the guy painting your house was so amazing. <laughs> no, that wasn't. That was the painting. So your memory's failing you there. It was, that was a chimney. Um, oh, it was your chimney at the back of yeah, your yeah. chimney. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, it was, so I have I have that on the long term project list, but the, it got like it get, it's got postponed. Why didn't it get postponed originally? It got postponed originally because like it was winter time and no one's gonna you know come stuff in the winter. But it's starting to become springtime. But then I got COVID, and it's like <laughs> oh well, I'm not gonna have 
not going to have someone come to the house while I have COVID. I got to wait until Which that Which I clears. think sends a subtle, if maybe subtle, sometimes not signal to some part of you to go like, well, open the dump valve. Exactly. It's like, oh, you don't we'll have get, to worry we'll about that anymore. We can refill this later, but it, there's nothing, you need to focus on getting well. You need to well, put differently. At first, you need to focus on being sick. Like that's that's your job. Right, now, it's not even sick. focus. It's just like well, you know, this is not going to happen. In right, the but next I'm just saying that causes days. the dump valve to open. Yeah, and so and it's still on the list. Like I have my notes document. It's still on that list. But I, the re- when I was ta- hearing you talk about the folders and stuff like that, the thing as you, uh, uh, well, I find as I get older, the the sort of one of the failure modes is forgetting to check the place where you wrote down all the things you're supposed to do during the day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's like, that is that okay. is covered in getting things done and it's a huge risk yeah. that you run into which is like you got unearned in the same way that america enjoys a kind of unearned optimism that that i hate you got an unearned sense of relief because some part of your mind that you would have fretted about that now says it's done and done and dusted and yeah. it's not or that you don't have to worry about that anymore unlike the colonoscopy mm-hmm. it's not like i'm dreading it so it's not gonna it's not gonna anxiety is not gonna keep it in the cash but like it's, you know it's also mean? kind of john it's kind of like the toilet paper i mean like I, I could give you a million examples of this think about something where you like for example we use the back door to our garage that we very rarely use but like i would love to get a different lock on there the lock is fine but i would mm. like a different better lock i would really like a different door i i think about that three times a year, maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't even think about every time I interact with the door, but that's an example of something where you're like, that would never like occur to you. But to me, that needs to go somewhere because, I don't know, the tile puzzle game of life, the Rubik's Cube of life, is that, could that be part of a different, like, multi-thing project involving the garage or involving doors and, yeah. like, I used to have my own version of a honey-do list for just when we'd have the electrician come over and do stuff for us. I, I did get a lot of that stuff done when I left my jobby job. Like I, I knocked off a bunch of those, like all of the, all of the hinges that needed to be oiled, all of the light switches that needed to be so replaced, satisfying. all the outlets, all the, all the, the remaining light bulbs that weren't LED, the, the, the smoke detectors that needed to be replaced. Like I just, mm-hmm. you know, went ham on those and that yeah, was fun. Yeah, yeah. Uh, knocking those off. But yeah, there's always stuff like that. Occasionally I do get the thing where there, it's usually, um, the, the thing I'm susceptible for is, is uh, interruptions. If literally anything <laughs> changes in my pattern, like I was putting on my shoes and then someone asked me a question, that's it. I'm, I'll leave the house without my pants on. Like it's, it doesn't take much to throw me off because that's you're, every you're time really, something like really that is kind happened. of in the moment in a lot of ways. It, and, and anytime something like that has happened where it's like, I can't believe I forgot X. Like that was it was I got the reminder on my phone. I was in the process of doing it. And then. I got distracted for a second. Right. One of the this, big this ones is, is also my... why this is also why I wish there were a way to say I want reminders. I love reminders for places, and obviously I love reminders for time. But the thing I crave is, which I could probably do with a shortcut, but mm-hmm. um, only give me if I have a reminder that is tied to being at my house. Don't give me a notification until I've been in the house for fifteen minutes. Yeah, because if you get it when you just come in, yeah. Well, and because everybody's texting me. I'm, it's 4.30, it's that time of day. I don't know, maybe everybody's just drunk on the East Coast, but every all my dear friends whom I love very much are texting me and sending me funny things and videos I'm supposed to look at. And brrr, I'm going up the hill, honk, 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 just trying to get home <laughs> like person. Mm. And I drop all of those bits, all of those ding, ding, dings that I got on the way there. My wife has an uncanny ability to text me when I'm on the way home. Mm-hmm. That kind of stuff. But you know what I'm saying? And then you get home and you're like, well, I'll deal with all this later. Well, it, that would would have been the time for you to know, but that's not when you were in a position to yeah, do but, something. But the reason I do this all on my phone is that I do have the habit of looking at my phone. Surprise, surprise. I do look at my phone right. like some people you may have in your life. And so worst case scenario, I will see something late, but there's no way I won't see it. 
Oh, although for like for about 40 seconds, I lost my phone uh, when I was in the middle of having COVID. And I was a little bit freaking out about that because I was like, what's do I have COVID brain? I did that. I never week. lose my phone. My, my, mine was still in the little I didn't realize it at the time. It was still in the little mount on my bike. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's in the garage. So it, when I do the fine phone thing, it looks yeah, like it's it. right next to me and I should be able to hear it. Yeah. Also, I mean, I. I'm other people in this house do lose their phones all the time. I'm constantly. I just don't understand. I don't but understand I, that. Yeah. But I don't lose my phone pretty much ever. Or if I do, I immediately know where it is. Like, Oh, I didn't take it out of the car, the car mount. Right. What else like if you always the, put it in the same car. place, not to be a pill, yeah. but that's part of it. Yeah. But this time here was the problem. One, I had COVID during the time. So I was like, I, I didn't know where my phone was. I'm like, did I go to the bathroom with it and then <laughs> leave it there? Cause I'm constantly ducking in and out, like, you know, get masked up, run out of the, my room, go to the bathroom quickly. So I don't get yelled at by my family, run back into my room. Mm-hmm. Right. And then I'm like, Oh, we, wait a second. You could have left it phone? on the washer. Right. Yeah. Wait, wait, exactly. So I do, you know, find my phone mm-hmm. uh, and it says it's playing a sound and I'm, I'm listening. I don't hear it anymore. And everyone is out of the house except for me at this point. But I didn't like being out of my room at all, with even with my mask on, because I feel like I'm polluting the house with my germs. And I could not hear it anywhere. Check mm. the attic. Check the basement. Oh, check, John. like, you know, where could it possibly be? I look on Find My. It's the dots right on my house. Yep. Right? So the phone, I didn't leave it somewhere else. It didn't, you know, it's in, the phone is in my house, and I cannot hear it. It didn't fall out of your car or, like, something weird. It didn't, no, like, no, it didn't I get mean, stuck I in, my car. A, in a garbage bag or whatever. Yeah, I mean, I hadn't left my house in the car for days at that point anyway, That's but maddening. I checked my car. Like, it was just, ugh. Anyway, I'm, and then, you know, my wife came home, and I was like, I can't find my phone, which never happens. I said, I can't find my phone, and I need to get back in my room. So I ran back in the room, uh, and then we played the sound again, and she heard it, and it was, uh, or I think it was in the attic or whatever. I was <laughs> really? Like, I, in the I attic? Was in the, uh, the thing is, I was in were the attic. Were you doing some curation, took... like cleaning your boxes? What were you doing? Yeah, I think I was putting stuff away in the attic. I, I, the thing is, I had checked the attic, but I think the, in the time it took me to go from like the, the basement to the attic, the little beepy thing had stopped beeping or right, something? Right, right, right. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. It was very upsetting. But anyway, I really do rely on the phone. I rely on the fact that I will look at the phone. Occasionally, I will look at the phone and go, oh, I forgot to change the laundry and that thing went off 15 minutes ago. But right, that's not the right, end right. of the world. But which, I'm not going to go which, whole Which day is also this. part of why, and this is a separate thing to bitch about, but it, it just says it's not surprising perhaps that you look frequently at your phone. It may not surprise our listeners who are familiar with things I've said that I really do try to minimize notifications, alarms, anything that says stop doing what you're doing and pay attention to this. But there mm-hmm. has been, even a, apart from the Amazon Echo family of products, there's been a lot of creep in tech of notifications sneaking in. And like there are times where I thought, oh, as I'm setting this thing up, bop, 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 I just want to get it going. I'll say, oh, fine, allow summaries, that kind of stuff. And the thing is, like, I, I need to, I know I'm saying this out loud because I, I know I need to do this. Even as test paper is open in front of me, I haven't typed this, but I need to go in and really ruthlessly turn off a bunch of notifications. Because if I do scroll down, like, here's things that happened while you were asleep. Here's the thing the Roomba said. Like, here's uh, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. <laughs> all that kind of stuff, and it all There's gets too, kind of too lost. much noise. You just yes. want to see the laundry changing. And, and I think of myself as somebody who is, you know, I'm an old man, and I'm Merlin man, or at least I used to be. I really do believe in minimizing that stuff. But here's the, here's the funny part of this, the, the end to this sort of, for this part, the setup for this, uh, is that, so I, I go somewhere or I'm doing something, whatever. I'm in a situation where I'm now kind of in, you know, now I need to be done here and like go home. Or now I need to go to the ATM. Or now I need to go to my beloved Walgreens or whatever, right? I got to go. And that very familiar, very strong, very essentially me feeling comes up. No, 
there's something you forgot. And like, I can't give you many clues about it, but here's some clues. And this is my mind, right? Because here's some clues. Like, it's a thing you thought of fairly recently. Like, it's a thing that might involve, uh, it's not something you need to bring home. It might be something where you need to like, run something through like iFlix on the Mac or like there's, there's something. It's not two things. Cause I sometimes remember when it's more than one thing. The most clear feeling is the like, is the you forgot one thing. And here's the part. And then hopefully this will lead to something, but I, I've, I've come to accept that. I've come to say, okay, this is a pattern that described in my personal wiki called trying to help. My brain is trying to help right now. It may not be helping, but it's really trying to help. And why don't I listen to what it's saying? And of course, pretty much you can imagine what happens. I go, mm, I can't remember what it was. And then as soon as I get home, I very clearly remember what it was. And it was one thing, right? That's, that is a thing that happens to me probably at least twice a week, if not more. Is, but isn't, isn't that a funny thing? I know that sounds like the dumbest anecdote in the world. The thing I really want to clarify is that Okay, the part where I failed is I haven't honored my own system and captured something in a place where I can turn it into a verb, right? That's the most essential part of my quote-unquote to-do list system. You need to verb the noun for everything. Describe it now. This is like chapter, literally like chapter one or three, David Allen, right? Okay, so I blew it on that part. But, you know, oh, fine. I'll, 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 maybe I'll remember to do this thing. Or I, well, it didn't seem important enough to write down. But then the, the part of this I want to really focus on is the knowing intuitively or something like tip of the tongue phenomenon. I know there's something I'm forgetting, but I don't know what it is. And then when I get back to where I was usually or someplace else, that's when I remember it. Well, I, I do have that happen to me, but I have a couple of different uh, experiences of that that make me look at it in a different way. One is that I, you know me, I do kind of, not that I have much experience with dementia, but I do kind of think of the idea of thinking there's something you're forgetting is always suspect because eventually you'll think there's something you're forgetting, but there's not, mm -hmm. right? And you can't win that. That's a no-win scenario where you're, you constantly right. have the feeling you're forgetting something, but your you're Your signal to noise ratio is no longer to be trusted. Yeah, like, yeah, because like you get, you're like, I'm sure I'm forgetting something, but you're absolutely not forgetting. There was nothing, mm -hmm. right? That's, maybe maybe that's you'll get bad. there eventually. That'd be relaxing. Yeah, so, yeah. so I suspect that. But the second thing is, I'm not there now. The second thing is, when it, when it does happen to me, it's like, oh, and what was that other thing I wanted to do? I, I eventually remember it, usually. Mm -hmm. And when I do remember it, almost all the time, it's so dumb. <laughs> like like the amount of like, oh, yeah, few yeah, times like, like had, there was one last week where I, I kept going oh shoot there's this thing I forgot to do what is it and it was remember it was remembering on like Saturday that I had a to do called finish rectifs notes which yeah. or, no mine are way dumber mine, mine okay. are like uh like some, what I'm trying to say something uh, an episode we had already released a day before yeah, yeah. I, that's still on my mind that's a failure on my part like uh, sometimes I'll I will expend you know we've all done things we expend the energy to try to think of what the thing is like you work at it you're like oh but what is that right. thing I was remembering you go through the alphabet like all this thing whatever and sometimes you get it that way right but uh, well yeah I mean it's like watching your grandpa try to open a jar and it's like wow it seems really important to him to get that jar open why doesn't right. he get some help no no and, it's important that he open that jar mm -hmm. but so, but now like I don't expend that effort because I just let it come back to me and when it comes back to me it's like. Oh, yeah, you also wanted to look up on that web page to see if that actor was in that thing. 
And it's like, so seriously, dumb. that's what I was. And, 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 and like, it's so difficult not to hate yourself a little bit that any amount of energy time on the planet. Yeah. And so now I don't I don't expend any energy. I say it will come back to me. And it does. And it's the same way of like, you know, if you force it, it's harder to come. But like, I do not yeah, spend yeah. any effort trying to remember because it's always the dumbest things. And if it's not the dumbest thing, it will reoccur to me. And, I, and very often, if it's important, I will have written it down somewhere else. So I don't really burn any energy on that. And it annoys me a little bit when, when there's something I wanted to do. But like. Yeah. It annoys me more when but I you, you've come to accept it because you've kind of rationally seen the results, the, at least the results you can remember, the results that matter as being like, oh, I was burning cycles on something that was yeah. a really or, insignificant. Or like it'll task. be like I uh, we're out of tissues in the bedroom, and I was going to bring up a new box of tissues. Like you don't have to re-remember that ever because you're going to be in your bedroom. It doesn't at some point change and you're how go, negatively it makes you feel. <laughs> and you're gonna you're gonna go for the tissues, and you're gonna see they're not there. And at that point, you're gonna get the tissue box. And regardless of whether you remember <laughs> this be, is the thing that you were fine. trying to remember, it'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> like you don't even have to remember that you had no, forgotten this. It's you really will, like it'll you'll be, just will get be fine. A, you'll just get a box of <laughs> yes. tissues at that point. <laughs> and, so, and so those are the type of things that, you know because the the big things aren't slipping it's just like when it's when i'm drilling five things okay i've got to change the laundry and i also put something on the stove at this temperature and this thing is preheating and, and i have to you know uh send this person a message and send this an email and like like you know just a regular busy scheduled day in that kind of shuffle you'll wander by and you'll notice that like um, there's mud on the floor from the kids from a week ago and you want to sweep that up. And as you, you'll note that as you go by, but yeah. then five minutes later, you're yep, like, what, wasn't there something else I wanted to do? Yeah. You'll see the mud again. Don't worry. It's not, the mud's not going anywhere. And the next time I see it, maybe I will remember, oh yeah, I saw that mud earlier today and I meant to get it, but now I'll get it now. But if I don't remember, I'll just clean up the mud then. Like it's no, like that's mostly how it works for me. And it's a blessing that that's the case. My memory is still good. I got into an argument with my son recently was he was like, uh, not writing down things for school stuff or whatever. And he's like, oh I, God, just, that drives me crazy. I, I'll just remember it. And the thing is, he will oh. just remember it. And I said, I know you'll just remember it now. I used to be like you too. <laughs> that doesn't last forever. So, right. Well, there was a time when people said, oh, well, if I'm uh, feeling uptight, I'll have a cigarette. And you're like, well, you you can do that for a while, mm-hmm. but that's probably not a good long term pattern. Just yeah. dude to dude. Yeah. So, you know, it's when you're young, you think you're going to, you know, in some ways you can enjoy it while it lasts. Because this I used is all to be covered like in the too. wisdom right. document. Young, young people don't realize that youth is an, al- an anomaly until they're no longer young, which is fine. And it's to their credit, as I say, mm-hmm. in the document. But the truth is, you should read it. It's really good. It's 10,000 words now. And 10,069. I feel like I have read it. Every time you post new passages to it, you post them all in a big image on Twitter and I read it all. Well, yeah, but you should read the whole document like I do all the way through mm-hmm. each time to make sure that the rhythm is there. But um, the that's going to get you. Is it Jan Jack? No, wait, uh, Miami Sound Machine? Yeah, Gloria Stefan, right? No, why would I remember that, John? Because the rhythm's going to get you. Oh, that's true. Turn this beat around, same person? That's a cover. That's a cover. Oh, uh, yeah, that's that's a Miami Sound Machine uh, cover of, a, of an old disco song. Love, love, mm-hmm. uh, turn the beat around, love to hear percussion. Mm-hmm. See, now that, I, I could do that like ringing a bell. I can listen to a song. Last night I was listening to this really good shoegaze song and uh, over and over like I do. I mean, Shugazi. That was funny because I also do. I do. I do like straight edge DC rock. I'm very into Dag Nasty. You should check out Dag Nasty. They used to be in Rights of Spring. Any questions? <laughs> but okay. So uh, wait, what was I talking about? Uh, uh. See, this is this is what I'm. The dealing rhythm with. is going to get you. Oh right. And why would I remember that? Um, Something about rhythm. Yeah, never mind. Just a good thing we record this program. You'll remember it when we listen back later. It's not funny, John. It's really not. I mean, it's extremely ableist and and ageist. Anil Dash would tell you you're being ageist toward me. At least if you were having dinner with him and I wasn't being ageist. The okay. um that, that was a long time ago, I think. 
Um, what I was trying to remember, though, oddly enough, ironically enough, I was trying to remember, I remember what, <laughs> it's memory all the way down, because I remember that there was a name for a phenomenon, and I went and I looked it up on the internet science site, and mm-hmm. I, I don't think this is particularly well written, but um, it's called, like, you've heard the thing, like, with the doctors, I've heard it called, like, the doorknob effect. Well, there's something I heard about, I thought it was called the threshold effect, but that actually just sounds like a sci-fi, there's something called the doorway effect. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is, I know you know this, you know everything. This is for our listeners. The doorway effect. This is not great writing. The doorway effect is a known psychological event. What does that mean? The doorway effect is a known psychological event where a person's short term memory declines when passing through a doorway, moving from one location to another when it would not if they'd remained in the same place. Okay, that's put in a very strange way. If that's how the science works, that's fine. Let me give it to you a different way. Hey, you ever been 56 and walked into another room and you can't remember why you're there? Well, I know you're not 56, but do you ever, do you get the doorway? Have you ever gotten the thing where you're like, what did I come in this room for? Yeah. If we're going to go with the, continue with the analogies here, it's kind of like, uh, you know, you know, when the, the planes land on the aircraft carrier and they got the hook that catches the, the, uh, tail hook. Yeah. They, well, yeah. No, <laughs> they, that's, they that's catches, why, that's what the scandal's named after. Yeah. It catches, catches the arresting wire mm-hmm. so that it slows the plane down tail so they don't slide off the end. Not tail scale. That's carrier. different. Mm-hmm. Right. So when you go through a doorway, You've got a little hook coming out the back of you that catches <gasps> on the door frame, and you know what pulls? The memory? The dump valve. Oh, the dump valve. Not so the, fast. Everyone, it Not pulls so the dump f- valve, and uh-huh. you go through the doorway, and oh, whatever the hell is Oh, look at you just here. deciding when you're going to go to one into a different room and make your life better, dummy. Because your, your, your dump valve tail hook gets caught on the you door frame. you got the tail hook, and out comes the, the dump valve. I think that's a real thing. Well, as long so as you I, had something in your head, you wanted to get a box of tissues, you go into the other room, you're in there, you're like, what the hell did I come in here for? So now I'm just doing that thing where I have a podcast. Hello. And I read the, the internet. I'm not going to read a bunch of these, but I will put a link in show notes to um, a really fun page. You know, some of the best pages on the internet science site are the categories or the collections or like that's where you can really dig into something. It's fun to start with an article. But then when you get to category pages, that's where you can really drill down. This is a category page called memory biases. And there are so many of these that are so good. Some of these are, I think, really quite well known, even outside of the turns out community. But, you know, there's like, for example, is the blowback effect in here? No. No, but there's a few of these that I thought were really good. Do you mind if I share just a couple with you? Mm-hmm. I put these on the internet the other day. Um, self-referential encoding. Self-referential encoding is a method of organizing information in one's memory in which one interprets incoming information in relation to oneself using one's self-concept as a background. And like, that's again, that's one of those things where like, if you're not a particularly bright person, you hear that and go, well, yeah, everybody does that. But you're like, oh, but there's a name for that thing that we do. And if you were to really interrogate that for another minute instead of just going yeah that's obvious you would realize oh isn't it interesting how much information in my head however you want to choose to verb it is encoded with a very specific relationship to me what i'm remembering is not the world i'm remembering in any variety of ways i mean isn't that way more fascinating than it sounds like you start to think like oh how much of the stuff maybe part of my memory problem is like it's got it's gotten colored and lit and the, the cinematographer for my memories I've gotten a little creative. Maybe Gordon Willis came in and brought it down a couple stops. But like, I don't know. I think stuff like, what do you think of that? Do you, do you have yeah. that? I mean, everybody does, like you said. And then I'm sure this is maybe somewhere on that page for the thing where every time you remember a memory, you're damaging it and modifying it in some way. I've wondered. That sounds medieval, but I've wondered that. I've wondered that. But I do that with albums. I won't, listen to, I won't listen to Murmur more than twice a year. I won't listen to the Meadowlands more than twice a year. I, I listen to Stairway to Heaven exactly once per year. Uh, you're doing that so you don't get sick of the song, but if you had it on vinyl, you might be doing that because every time you play a vinyl record, you damage it slightly. Well, it's very pure. 
Uh, nemic. M M N E. That's a good word. Nemic. M N E M I C. Nemic neglect. Nemic neglect. Neglect is a term. Shut up. God damn it. Ne- ne- mm-hmm. I'm going to file a suit against you. Yeah. Nemic neglect is a term used in social psychology to describe a pattern of selective forgetting in which certain autobiographical memories tend to be recalled more easily if they are consistent with positive self-concept, Mr. Oh, I, Syracuse. I don't have this one because I'm, I know somebody in, in your family who might. No, I, I, I'm, in, I'm in this uh, category that I think we're both in it is the neurotic people who we all we can recall are the things that put that are against our positive <laughs> self-concept. <laughs> oh, so <laughs> that would re- be my comment on that would be, yeah, I wish. <laughs> re- repeatedly replaying the dumbest things we've said in our I'll lives. I'll never forget when I was, 30 four, years I was in the past. 14 and six people were talking about where we should go for dinner. And I said, you know this story. What did I say? I do know the story. Well, well uh, I said, I, I said, I, I don't care. I'm expendable. I don't care. I'm expendable is what I said. Mm-hmm. That happened you said in a dumb, You said a dumb thing when you were how old? 14. It was in 1981. And I still, <laughs> I still, I still think about and, it. And that'll, that'll just replay as the greatest hit. It so sounded, it up. sounds like flexible a little bit. And mm-hmm. I knew it from a Bugs Bunny cartoon. When the mm-hmm. guy yells at Bugs Bunny and says, he's, I'm not going to yell, I'm going to do the voice, but, but, but a, a Mel Blanc character yells and says, Be, it might have been that Martian. He says, because rabbits are expendable. And I did not know that, that if that's like when your car gets totaled. That means I, I, it's I, I cheaper even, to replace than to fix. Or like, I, I, yeah. I have an even worse one because it's not actually even that embarrassing. It's kind of like my vague recollection of the uh, conclusion of the short story Araby by... Oh, that. I know this. Um, oh, A R A B Y. Yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> he did the dead. What's the, the dead uh, James, guy? Uh, James Joyce. Joyce. Yeah. Anyway, this is not quite the same, but uh, I was. I read ex- that and I don't remember it. Yeah, so it's like it's not even your. You used, you used a word that you didn't know the definition. You were 14. I'm a similar age, like 13 years old or whatever. I was over at my friend's house. My friend's dad comes in and asks us what we're doing. I was showing my friend my remote control car, and I was so proud to show. Uh, my friend's dad some cool part of our remote control car and as i'm saying it to him i had the adult realization that he does not care about the stupid thing our remote control car and i was mortified and embarrassed that i was so proud of this thing because he was uh, humoring me by going oh that's nice that's neat and i i suddenly had the adult perspective of how much he was humoring me and i felt like such a tool and 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 what and what is it is it that if i could ask is it that you feel that feeling again like when, yeah, you, when that comes up and you think about your remote control car and you're, mm-hmm. you do a mental eye roll and then you go, well, here it comes. Here comes that story in my no, brain. I, it's just, yes. And that, that will replay like, you know, in the middle of the night. Just that like is exotic, from, John. That is so exotic. And it's not even that. It's not like, oh, remember that time when your pants fell down and for everybody? Oh, it's no, like, no, no, no. I can still remember specific times that I almost started to do a dance at church because I thought it would be amusing. <laughs> I didn't actually do the dance, but I, I almost started doing it. Like, or like I did a thing where I wanted to show off how I could run and jump off a wall. I mm-hmm. still think about dumb movements my body has made years later. <laughs> yeah. Dumb body. Dumb body. The mere exposure effect is a psychological phenomenon by which people tend to develop a preference for things merely because they're familiar with them. In fact, it's sometimes called familiarity principle. I, mm-hmm. I like this idea. <laughs> Not I that I've been exposed that one by to it. Before. Yeah. We didn't get. We don't have time, but I would like to continue exploring my memory because I do think it's interesting. I think that the the part where this gets so hairy, it, it is utterly unsurprising how much I am attracted to gimmicky genres. Right? I love Dada. I love surrealism. I love my weird movies for weirdos. Like I really love things like Synecdoche, New York, or you know anything Charlie Kaufman related because he really goes there. In, in terms of these very odd internal thoughts that most of us have had, and to see it played out on screen 
is really incredible. It's why I love magic realism. I love all of those things, but like a theme that runs through so many of those is at least kind of phenomenologically, how can I, can I trust my own senses, but on a deeper level, how much of who I am is based on things that I thought happened that didn't, or did happen that I thought didn't, or whatever, like where I am now, how I got here. And what does that mean for my relationships with other people that we don't agree on what happened? See on that, I was thinking about that earlier when we were talking about this and on that, uh, that angle of like, hey, what if uh, what if this memory that I'm replaying to myself isn't actually what happened? What mm-hmm. if like I the, like I it think wasn't this my thing hotel happened. room that Danny McBride came or, or, you know, I, I think this thing happened. It was so pivotal, important in my life. And that's why I learned some important lesson. But really, that didn't happen. In fact, what happened was the opposite. They do that in the movies all the time where some person's like, you know, yeah, angry well, well, about something. That, isn't that kind of an example of Roman in the dog cage? Yeah, a little bit like he's always, he's been thinking about story, been bitter about it, and it's been affecting his relationship with us. But really what happened was the opposite or whatever. Right. But I always I always feel like that the same way I feel about um, about something that's been true in my life. And I think it's been true in a lot of people's lives, or at least I hope it is uh, learning lessons about life through fiction. It's part of the reason we all <sighs> it's like so, fiction. It is so huge, John. I treasure it so much. I love I love seeing people who are like the part of me that I despise. It helps me so. It helps me so much to watch something like Sa- Triangle of Sadness, and to remember the time that I was at the counter at a ski lodge, and I actually yelled to the young person at the desk, "Google me." Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't do that now. Well, yeah, all right. But so, did you learn that lesson from yelling at the person at the desk, or from watching a movie where people were like that? Well, I mean, like I, I learned it because I was immediately pretty ashamed that mm-hmm. instead of like, if you, you know me, like that's not how I usually am, unless that's how I am. Yeah. Like when I push that poor woman from first class, mm-hmm. you know, that's that's not how I usually I mean, am. Everybody has their moments, but like I feel like that's so. What the things I think that are most useful to to learn from fiction are things that that you don't want to learn from experience for example oh, 100 percent. If, if, if you watch like a lot of media if you, if you watch a lot of media where uh someone has an abusive spouse and what that's like and how hard it is to escape from that and what the signs of it are yeah. or whatever you can be taught that in health class but watching a bunch of fictional good fictional accounts of that will really teach you uh you know like in in a way prepare you for the idea of like okay i'm I'm not going in entirely blind to my first like adult relationship it's not there's a magic cure and like well now don't worry now that you watch this movie you'll never be in <laughs> thank god i was raised no, on john hughes of course movies. not but it gives you more of a leg up no i mean my my my, my a fairly contemporary example is dope sick which was a tv show that i loved i loved the performances and i really i in retrospect loved how much that had an impact on how i think about like three different things if I hadn't seen Dope Sick, I mean, I'm sorry, I'm that basic. Like, seeing Dope Sick made me really think differently about a whole bunch of things that involved drugs in Appalachia. And, like, so much I thought I misunderstood. I dehumanized these people. I thought they were dumb hillbillies in my mind. And even if you allow, you know, uh, as Wayne would say, like, 20% off the top there, you assume that there's some fiction involved. It's It's, like, how can you not walk away from that? Or, like, you know... For me, when I was a teen, seeing not very good movies about gay people, like mm-hmm. Boys in the Band was big for me when I was like 15. And I secretly, like privately in my mind, it didn't make me think I was gay, but it made me go, oh, I think I might be kind of awful. And uh, I never had an opportunity to see, really inhabit that because even like today, what's one of the problems today is like, because everything starts with an argument. We don't start with what's your deal. We start with like how will we attack each other in this and like try and tear the other person down. Instead, me going like, oh God, these these like whatever six queens at a birthday party in the 60s has given me a lot of like unintentional campy insight into like 
the obvious humanity of people that I tend to just disregard because they seem like they're outside the tribe. And that's kind of terrible. Yeah. Or even like, you know, complete fiction things like a fantasy swords and sorcerer story with people slaying dragons. And there's one person who is like uh, bitter because they were dishonored by something and they 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 uh, seek revenge and uh, they burn up their entire life in revenge to get this revenge for some place for something they said they were disrespected for. And you read that story and you realize, boy, that guy, like he should have just let it go. Who cares about his stupid honor? And he burned his whole life up on revenge. That seems like a bad thing to do. And then if you're ever in that situation where you're really mad because you feel like you were disrespected by your boss and you swear revenge and you dedicate your life to it and you, you know, like you're like, oh, I saw that in that movie about dragons. And I realize that's probably not a great thing to do. You Uh, you may not even realize the extent to which you're clinging to a decision you kind of backed in two years ago and you haven't really interrogated yeah. like whether yeah. it's and, still... and, and, and lots of fiction has stuff like that and again mm-hmm. it can be a, it can be about a space opera it can be about dragons and swords but you still kind of take these human lessons that's why we all love art right. and the bringing this back to the memory thing when i have the idea of like okay well you have this memory where you got into the fight with your friend and you felt bad because you said this and they said that and it taught you an important lesson or whatever even if that is 100 percent false the lesson you take from it still has value in the same way the lesson you take from some totally made up movie about dragons and swords still has value because oh, 100%. All right, so maybe that never happened with that person and maybe it doesn't help that relationship with that person and it's not going to help you like reconcile with them if you're remembering it wrong but it will help you learn a lesson about life and say that's you know when we had this breakup that's when i learned don't be this kind of jerk and maybe you you meet up that person later in life and they said that never happened and it, we didn't break up for that reason it doesn't invalidate the lesson it just, you know, as long as the lesson you're taking is a good lesson that helped you in your future relationships, even if mm-hmm. your recollection of that, even if your memory is false, is colored by all these memory biases or whatever, if the lesson you took from that false, modified, weird memory, even if the false memory is like making you look better than you really were, yes, if the lesson you took from it still is, hey, don't be a jerk, uh, you know, or relationships should feel like this and not like that. And, and learn and learn to question your priors, as they say. Like get in the habit. It's it's almost like a form of mindfulness. You don't have to become like a monk or something. But like, as I said recently in the document, um, in the project, that I I, I think a big a, one really good entree to mindfulness is just to periodically check in with how you feel about how you feel. Which sounds so stupid and so hippie, but it's like, hey, have you tried it? First of all, it's harder than it seems, and second of all, you're going to realize stuff that has been sitting in plain sight for a really long time. Like, why am I angry at this time every day? Or like, why do I get sad when this thing that's good happens? Or like, whatever it is, if you start noticing how you feel, and I think you're talking, I think we're talking about kind of a similar thing here, where like, you've got to take note of that, what's that phrase, that Jungian, like the shadow you, like there's this thing inside of you that's like how you are, and it pops out in inopportune moments, but like, don't get too attached to your idea of the shadow self from when you were a teenager, you're going to be slaying the wrong dragon. The shadow self and the shadow dom. You don't know about the shadow dom. You got out of the web game before that was a thing. No, I don't know about that. I know about the tree. Uh, <laughs> other things I'm putting in notes. Uh, putting in notes of a poem by the former poet laureate of the United States, Billy Collins, that I not only love a lot, but I recommend to people as, hey, check this out if you think you don't like poetry. Um, I put a link to the text of that, but also to a YouTube video somebody made about his poem, Forgetfulness, which I think is very moving. You know, another one that always comes up, like for me, like at least twice a month, is another short story called Paul's Case. I don't know if I ever talked about it. I think it's by Willa Cather. I'll see if I can find it for notes. But it's about this little kid. And, I was, and it always instantly reminds me of Peter Brady um, having that party for himself. But he's this little kid who's from like a modest background, but he so wants to be fancy. 
And so he basically steals to be able to like live in a hotel and buy fine linens and all of these things. And a la sort of like a century old version of Tar, you watch this slowly disintegrate. His sense of self that he's built up as a little kid who acts like he's a rich boy, like you see it just falling away. And and I don't know what it is quite about that, but because I'm not saying, oh, it's some cautionary tale. Be careful that you don't steal sheets. It's more like, oh, I, I see instances of that. I was saying to Roderick today, like Absalom, Absalom, speaking of memory, books where like that fiction really taught me to think differently about these people, how they react to each other, like all of these things. Those are all such good opportunities for you to notice how you could think less toxically and become slightly less terrible and maybe improve your memory. Get some mnemonics. Yeah, take some ginkgo. That's what my parents do. Ginkgo biloba. I used to mm-hmm. take that. Um, as far as you know. Which one am I? As far as you can recall. Hmm. 